I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I'm Tanner Campbell. And since I got two three-star reviews complaining about my talking too much at the head of these episodes, I'm going to talk for 30 minutes and not even share a meditation today. I'm kidding, of course, not about the reviews, but about not sharing a meditation today. I would like to say, though, that I can't help it. I like to talk to you all. I like to let you in on what's going on in my life. And I hope that part of showing up here every Saturday and soon every Wednesday as well is getting to know each other a little bit. I rather like the idea that I'm not just being useful to you as an interpreter of Stoic texts, but that I'm also someone trying to build a community among his listeners. And your daily emails, by the way, help me feel that those who dislike my preamble are, at least, among the minority. And not to be too cheeky about it, but if they dislike it that much, they can always subscribe to the premium ad-free, preamble-free version of the podcast at stoicism.supercast.com. I try to have options for everybody, and if my options aren't suitable, well, I'm not forcing anyone to be here who doesn't want to be. And speaking of emails, please keep sending them. I honestly cannot tell you how rewarding it is for me personally to be trusted and given the opportunity to try to help you think through things, whether those are stoicism things or life things. It's also pretty amazing to see reviews for this podcast surpass 5,000 on Spotify. Amazing is maybe an understatement. It's actually unbelievable, and I've got half a mind to write Spotify and ask if something's gone wrong with their platform. So thank you. That means a lot to me. Just two more things before we begin. The first Wednesday interview will air October 5th, and will feature a discussion with Kieran Setia who is author of the books Midlife and Life is Hard, and he's also a philosophy professor at MIT. We're going to be talking about the benefits of philosophy broadly, and I know that many of you will get a lot out of it. And lastly, for those premium subscribers who have submitted questions through the AMA function, all of those questions are at this point answered, and you can go and see my answers whenever you'd like. So let's get on to today's meditation, which I'll admit took more work than usual to find practicality in. It's very unlike any meditation we've come across thus far in as far as it is worded strangely 
and I had to kick it around in my head for a bit to figure out how it's useful to us modern humans. It's a short one. Here it is. You're not going to reread your brief comments, your deeds of the ancient Greeks and Romans, the commonplace books you saved for your old age. Sprint for the finish. Write off your hopes. And if your well-being matters to you, be your own savior while you can. I'm going to go ahead and admit that I was properly triggered by this meditation because a fantasy of mine is to be old, probably living in Maine, likely alone, in front of a fireplace in a warm and quaint house, you know, reading my favorite copy of Don Quixote for the 600th time, and then shuffling about as a confirmed old bachelor in the middle of some pine-clad wood in woolen slippers and a robe. So to hear Marcus tell me I won't be doing any such things was disconcerting. And that last bit was a little morbid, right? Sprint for the finish. Does Marcus want us to hurry up and die? That's a bit too much even for him. Whenever I have trouble getting anything out of the meditations specifically, because there's been so many translations of them over time, I run to other translations and try to piece things together. So here's Farquharson's translation of the same meditation. Do not wander from your path any longer, for you are not likely to read your notebooks or your deeds of ancient Roman Greece or your extracts from their writings, which you laid up against old age. Hasten to the goal, lay idle hopes aside, and come to your own help, if you care at all for yourself, while still you may. This is a little better, a little clearer, but let's try another translation. This one is from Merrick Casabon. Do not be deceived, for thou shalt never live to read thy moral commentaries, nor the acts of the famous Romans and Grecians, nor those excerpta from several books, all which thou hadst provided and laid up for thyself against thine old age. Hasten therefore to an end, and giving over all vain hopes help thyself in time, if thou carest for thyself as thou oughtest to do. One of the key differences in that third translation is hastened therefore to an end, not the end. And maybe with that slight difference, you might be getting what this meditation is getting at. This isn't about not reading books. It's not about not enjoying your old age. It is instead about not putting things off. Here we may be, you and I, piling up tasks to do later. We'll reread Don Quixote one day. We'll take that trip that we want to go on so badly one day. We'll fix that thing about our personality that we don't really like and we think needs improvement one day. We'll get to it. Don't worry. We have time. But we don't, do we? We don't have any definite amount of time. We only know we had a few more seconds with every few more seconds we live. The end could come now, right now. Are you still here? Well, then perhaps right now. Okay, looks like we're both still here, surviving, making it to the next second every second. But none of that is promised. None of those seconds are guaranteed, and we must know that. And if we do know it, why are we piling up books to read later? Why are we procrastinating? Marcus is telling us, through the combined translations of Hayes, Farquharson, and Casabon, that we have got to stop screwing around. We've got to stop procrastinating and believing we have time. 
You want to reread that book? Do it now. You want to take that trip? Take it now. Do not let yourself be distracted from those things which are not central to your fulfillment, to your building of a good and useful life. Don't allow idle interests to cause a decade to pass before you take your next step along your path. What a waste it is to throw away even a day, to throw away the opportunity to make progress because you falsely believe that tomorrow is promised. It is not. We must help ourselves. We must come to our own aid. No one is going to accomplish our dreams for us. No one is going to make us who we want to be. No one is going to push us to be sure that the things we really want in this life are achieved or, at the very least, strove for. We are alone, and we, alone, must remember that to get to where we're going, we must walk now, not later, lest we travel a shorter distance overall. So ask yourself today, right now, what you're piling up for later. What books? trips, experiences, or accomplishments that will haunt you on your deathbed if not achieved, which, again, could come in your very next moment. Which of those, which of these, are you allowing to build up to your ruin? Of course, I cannot answer that for you, but I know that you can. So answer it, and then act. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Practical Stoicism. I hope you found it useful and that you'll act on whatever you've learned today. If you'd like to become a premium subscriber and skip the ads and preamble at the start of this podcast so you can get straight to the point, go to stoicism.supercast.com and sign up. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate you greatly. And until next time, take care.